So if you'd like to go see Tara afterwards, uh, you can tell me uh, as well, but make sure that Tara has your name and uh, in the next week or so for sure. All right. Now, how many people have been blessed by the Lord this year in 2014? Now, our, we just sang about, you know, in that song that said, show us your glory, Lord, and in one of the verses it's talking about the glory. Part of the thing that you want to do and make sure of uh, when you experience the glory of the Lord, it's not just for you to experience it by yourself. Our job as ambassadors and as fixtures in this earth from heaven is to take and reflect the glory of the Lord. If we, if we are Christ representatives, what that means is we are to represent or to present again Christ to the world. So we should be perfect reflections of the glory of God. That means that when God brings about glory in your life, one of the things that you want to do is you want to let people know what he has done. It's not that you are moving in such great things, it's that he moved great things on you. Does that make sense? And so right now, I just want to open it up for a few testimonies of what God's done in 2014. So if you've got a testimony, come on up here. Amen. <laughs> I need several people. So if you, there was a whole bunch of people raised their hand, but one person jumped up here. Amen. I know God's done some good things, so let, let's hear about it. In about a minute or so, tell them what God's done. A minute or so, you really think? Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm just going to pull it. I'm going to ask in faith. So. The biggest thing this, by far this year, I held on to, to God, I mean, clinging to Him for my marriage, and this year we were brought back together. Amen. That's the biggest thing, and so Praise many things: God. healing in my body, provision like no other. I mean, deeper growth. I mean, there's too much to say, but the biggest I'd say this year is bringing my marriage back together, so our family unit is whole and not torn apart. Praise the God! The devil doesn't have it. That's huge. <laughs> That's big stuff. Amen. Who else? Who else? Come on. You can sit there. I'll bring it to you. Somebody else, get ready. Christmas Eve, I was going to Concord. I'm not familiar with Concord, construction and all. I, mean, now I spent 35 years, years in Atlanta, five years in Chicago. They didn't intimidate me, but Concord intimidates me. <laughs> but anyway, I was trying to get to the left-hand lane to do your turn to go to Rebecca. And all the kids were there. Jew was there. There was four kids, and my car was Santa's car. <laughs> okay, but I couldn't get over to the left lane, so I got in the right lane, and I turned at the at the light. And I thought, okay, I'll just do a U-turn in this driveway, and hopefully not bother anybody because there's a lot of people there. And but it was all full of mud. I didn't know that that driveway was all under construction. I couldn't get out. Oh. My 13 Honda was in the mud oh. and I was in the mud up to here to get up to ask for help and I felt horrible with a big family party going on you know and I'm interrupting and they helped me and I called Rebecca and she called Honda part of the rent to own thing we have free roadside assistance right well it took a while for them to get there but they did get there but I heard the lady of the house mentioning, it was the grandmother, mentioning her husband last week was at the hospital. He had a stomach problem. 
Well, it wasn't. He had a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. And he had open heart surgery, and he had just came home from the hospital that day. So while they were coming out checking on me, sitting there waiting for roadside assistance, she said, are you okay? You need anything? No, I'm just sitting here praying. And then when they went in the house, he wanted to know who the angel was that came to make him feel better that day. Oh. Well, I'm not the angel, but I know that some were with me. Amen. And I did Amen. get out of there, and I did meet some awesome friends on that Prospect Church Road or whatever it was out there. Yeah. And it was incredible. And I'm God. fine, and the kids were blessed with Santa. Well, we they don't believe. <laughs> we don't we don't teach our children about Santa. We teach them about Jesus right. and the blessings, because we don't want them to grow up someday saying, "Well, is there really a Jesus?" Because you told me about Santa and the tooth fairy, and there aren't any. So right. we teach right. them. But anyway, I was that was my Christmas blessing. Amen. And you know what? Praise God, because God cares about little things like getting you out of the mud as well. You know. And it says, the word says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so that means that we should be thankful for even the small things as well. You know, the, let me put it to you this way. Which would you rather do today? Stand up the whole time during the service or sit down? Yeah. You know, it's probably more comfortable to sit down. Well, guess what? God provided those chairs to this church. That's a blessing. Now, as much as we just kind of overlook that, we're like, hey, there's supposed to be chairs in church. Well, they don't just show up automatically, you know. They show up because God blessed us with them, and we ought to give him glory for that. We ought to see more little things in our lives that God does. And here's something that always blesses me, is if God cares about the small things in my life, how much more does he care about the big thing? So sometimes I get, I personally get the biggest blessing out of the little things. Like somebody gives me something and it's my favorite color. You know, but they didn't know that. It, but God knew that. He knew how to point those things out. You know, little things show you just how much God cares for you. He says he has even the hairs of your head numbered. That's how much he cares for you. That's small. You know, that little hair right there. He's got a number on that thing. He knows it that much. Ow, hold on. <laughs> no, he knows, he knows that hair because he cares that much about me. Don't look, Priscilla. All right, good. All right. <laughs> so he knows that much about me. He knows that much about you. And that's how much he cares for you. Amen. Does anybody have one more testimony? Who, yep, two more. Come on, come on, Jay. <laughs> it's on. We're good. Um, I guess one of my anointings is for business. And so, you know, some of you know what I do. I've got a lot of other things that I'm involved in. But 2012 was a bad year. Like, it was kind of a low point. And we had just started coming to church here the fall before that. And so... Brian talked a lot about tithing and giving, making offerings. And so Deb and I sort of took a step in faith when things weren't good, and we started doing those things. And it's been amazing because I didn't realize until, you know, the last couple months how many things have happened for us this year, opportunities, things that opened up, things that, you know, we didn't see coming that couldn't have come from anywhere but God. And it's just really, really cool. And I think, you know, that's part of how we're taught to operate in faith is when things don't look good, we do what God tells us to do, not just when things do look good. Anybody can do right. 
you know, when, when you got a lot of money, you can do whatever you want to. But when you don't have money and you still give, you still take those steps in faith. Um, I'm a witness that it's amazing how it works. So God's yeah. blessed us this year in huge ways. Amen. You said 2012. You're talking about last year. That's 2013. So 2013. one year, 2013, stunk. Yeah. This year, awesome. Awesome. Amen. Yeah. Well, and I can, I can, I can be a, a witness to that too. Was there was a piece of that year where he was going through, and he was like, "Hey, man, we're giving. What's up? Is there something wrong?" And I mean, he asked me that, and that was a legitimate question because a lot. I've been in that place, and I said, "Hey, I trust God. I trust His word." And then this year was a totally different year, and uh, we just praise God. Amen, Amen. Jay. I don't know how you stand up. I might have to, like, turn around and talk this way. Um, I guess my biggest testimony would be my brother. Um, already. It's, it's terrible. That's all right. Um, me and Paul started coming to church in 2014, and my brother, who is a, not a spiritual person at all, just in 2014, he's going up here. Amen. And um, as we're growing, he's growing. And... and the last three months, I'd say, he's gotten an amazing job. He was one of those kids in a computer all day, every day. Didn't want to leave the house. Didn't want to talk to you. Didn't want to open up to anybody. He's got a good job. He's Him and Paul are hanging out, going to movies. He he actually came, drove up, and spent the night at our house Christmas Eve night to see Scarlett open oh. presents Christmas morning. So, Praise God. Amen. That's yeah. big stuff. Yeah. That's huge. Thank you. Amen. Mike is definitely on. There we go. Yay. <laughs> Praise God. That's good. I know personal testimonies in almost every life where the Lord is moving. Part of our goal at Boomerang has been this. Uh, in this area, um, you know, God is love. God is love. And in this area, we, a lot of people look at this as being the Bible Belt. And one of the things that we experienced before we started Boomerang was this, that there was a whole bunch of people, if you, if you went out and polled people out in this area, probably easily 90, 95% would say, yes, I know God, yes, I'm going to heaven. And a lot of them, I think, I think it's about uh, 15 to 20% go to church on a regular basis, which that's kind of low if they actually know God and are going to heaven. Only that many is going to church. That should tell you something. But there was this deception of what God, who God is, and what he was doing in our lives. And one of the things that we noticed, if you sat down and you started just actually talking to people, you would find out that although they claimed to know God, the last time they saw him, if ever, work in their life was a long time ago. And one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we helped people do in Boomerang was that we reconnected them with God or connected them for the first time, helped them to make that connection with God so that they would see the reality of God's love and power in their life on a regular basis. And that's something that we see all the time when we'll, we'll be praying for people and seeing people healed and delivered and different things or jobs and, you know, it just... 
You know, a few weeks ago, I know uh, Darius and I, we prayed for a job one week, and the next week, you, you had a job. Seth was the same thing. The next week, Seth was like, pray for me a job. And the next week, next week, he got one. And, and is that us? No, it's not us. It's just us being obedient as an ambassador of heaven. And you see that God, now who did that? Who brought that about? It was God. Well, can you two guys say that, man, God literally touched my life this year? And so when people start to see the reality, God wants to be real in your life. God wants to manifest in your life. When they see those testimonies, most everybody that raised their hand, there's some real tangible testimonies that God's done something in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. And it's not always, you know, a lot of times people think that, well, well, you just always want, you know, God to bless you financially and this and that or in your health. No, it's not always that. A lot of times it's giving, giving people peace. And they know it couldn't come from anybody else but God. It's restoring their hearts, restoring their mind. You know, it's, it's bringing them protection. Oh my goodness, the Lord kept me, you know, 10 seconds back from what I would have been doing and I saw the accident happen 10 seconds down the road. I would have been in that, you know. Seeing things like that, knowing that it was the hand of God that was working to bring about His goodness in your life. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, I use the verse a lot because I love it. It says, but thanks be unto God. Will you put that up? 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the knowledge of Him in every place. See, this is, this is it. God's looking to always manifest through us knowledge of who he is and who is he he's love but thank god let's put it up in the uh, new american standard but thank god he always in the king james it says he always causes us to triumph in the new american standard which is more a word for word translation it says he always leads us to triumph so it says but thanks be to god so we if he's always doing this, how often should we be in thankfulness? Always. It, does that mean you should be in thankfulness when you see it happening? You should be it then too. Always. Always. But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. That means if we will simply do this, if you will take Christ by the hand, where are you headed? Triumph. How many times? Always. It's just a matter of saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to hand my life over to you. And look at here. He always, now he's always doing this. This is something else he always does. Manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. So the heartbeat of God is to always manifest who he is in your life. That's who he is. This is a promise from God. Is, can you not look at that and go, oh man, I need some of that. You remember the scripture that says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge? And it's not just talking about, you know, uh, I know that the human head weighs eight pounds because I watched Jerry Maguire. That doesn't mean that. 
It doesn't mean keeping up with all the facts. It means I know who He is. I have knowledge of Him. I know His goodness. I know His love. I know that He's always given me every good and perfect gift. I know that His love has no variableness to it or shadow of turning. I know this. This is who He is. I know He wants to manifest the sweet aroma. The the knowledge of God, it's a sweet aroma. And when it manifests in your life, it it does this. It kind of clothes your life with a heavenly perfume. Heavenly cologne, man. Um, So it clothes your life with that. Well, what does that do when you when you walk by somebody? You know, you can you can smell. They can smell like the earth. They can smell like the flesh. You know, some bo. Um, or they can they can smell good because they put on something that smells decent. Well, one of the reasons why we want to get a touch of God in your life is simply this: we want you to be blessed. He says that you will be blessed to be a blessing as part of part of His plan. That's the gospel in Galatians three eight. God preached the gospel to Abraham. It's part of the gospel. Here's the other thing. When you put on the heavenly perfume, what do you smell like to other people who need that same stuff? You smell good. People will look at your life and say, would you look at how God is touching them? I might not be in that place, but inside, inside, I know I need that. So see, when God starts manifesting in your life, there's something else that happens besides you being blessed. It starts preaching to the people around you. God wants to manifest who He is in your life. Now, does that mean that you'll, not have, that you'll be free of trials and tribulations? No, even Jesus Himself said, you're going to have trials and tribulations. The difference is, well, you know going into the trial and tribulation, he's already leading me to triumph no matter what it looks like. You know, a great picture of that, you've heard me, I preach this all the time, is Jesus sitting there in the storm. He's, he's in there, he's in the boat, he's asleep in the bottom of the boat. The disciples, what are they doing up there in the middle of the storm? They are flipping out. They're scared to death. Jesus gets up. He's fine. In the middle of the storm, he knows that his father has led him to triumph. He already knows what the word of God has said. Go to the other side. That's why they were traveling over there. He only did what he heard the father say and do. And so they were heading to the other side because he had received instruction from heaven that said, go to the other side. Well, if God said, go to the other side, that means he's providing for me to get there. Jesus had peace on the word of God. Now, he knew what God said. They might have heard it, but they didn't know it in their heart. So the difference was, they didn't know they were going to triumph. Jesus said, I don't care what it looks like outside. I don't care how the storms, the trials, the tribulations are going. I don't care what that looks like. I don't care what it looks like. I know what God said. Now, let's go to the other side. Storm, peace. Be still. And the storm only has one option at that point when you have an ambassador on earth presenting the will of the Father in heaven. And the only option that storm had was to get still and be at peace. 
The difference is Jesus knew and had the knowledge of what his father had said and the heart of the father. And that sweet aroma came in this way. It manifested itself this way. The storm went away. Now you'll go into trials and tribulations. The difference is I know already before I even enter in, I'm coming out the other side. As you know, and, and, and here's the thing, why is God taking you to a place like that? Because He's taken, because He trusts you to trust Him in the middle of it. God's not just taking you into a wilderness to teach you something, He's taking you to, into a wilderness because you know how to deposit life and what was dead now produces life because you're as His. You are his ambassador from heaven in an earth that's being eaten up by sin and the wages of sin is death. It's been eaten up by death and a lack of life and you're here to deposit life in it. If God sends you into a wilderness, it's not just to teach you something. Now, he will teach you something while you're there, but that's not the main purpose. The main purpose is because you carry the life of God, the glory of God. You are designed to be a carrier of that glory, a container of it. And God wants to get that glory into the earth. Let's look at... Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is not on your notes, by the way. And, and for anybody that's new, or even not new, no, I'm not going to preach the other message too, so you can relax. <laughs> Let's look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 in the New Living. It says in the New Living, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, Now in a large house, oh, I'm in the New American Standard in here in my book. New Living. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. Verse 21. If you keep yourself pure, you, now there's a promise, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you, I love this, you will be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. Go on to verse 22. Tells you how to, how to do that some more. It says at the top of that one, if you keep yourself pure, in verse 22, it says this. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. In other words, you are a utensil. You are a vessel. In, in the New American Standard, go back to verse 20. In the New American, it says, some utensils are made of gold and silver. Some are made of wood and clay. Let's see. Do, do, do. 
It says, there are not only gold and silver, but there are vessels of wood and earthenware. In the King James, I believe it says, now they don't have any notes, so if they keep up with me, I'll be impressed. In, in the King James, it says this in verse 20, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. They're vessels. They're containers. You're built to contain and shine the glory of God. Now, your, your vessel, your container called your life, it gets marked and marred up by sin, and it either allows that glory to shine or it doesn't. But what's important is, am I given this vessel? Am I given this life? Am I given this container to God, or am I keeping it for myself? Am I making a decision? You know, Jesus is my Lord. Really, if He's your Lord, then He directs your life. Is he making your decisions or are you making your decisions? Well, he's making my decisions. Well, what about when that coworker told you off and you were wanting to do what? What about then? Who's making your decisions? Who's making your choices? Do you see yourself as having the option or if your life is really given to God, is there really only one option? And that option is whatever he says. You see, part of what made Jesus powerful was he only said and did what the Father said to do. He only did what he saw the Father do and said what he heard the Father say. That's part of what made him powerful. And here's the question. We've asked this multiple times, but if Jesus needed to only say and do what the Father said and did, how much more do we need to only do what the Father says and does? And when we start to do that, then the glory of God can come out and God can manifest his triumph in you and now the triumph, the smell of the heavenly aroma, the smell of God's love manifested in your life, the smell of, of heavenly will of God can show up in your life. And not only is your life blessed, but you can go into a desert place and you can deposit the life of God. You can walk in this earth and people can watch you and say, man, I need that. I need that. Let me tell you something. God needs you to make these kind of decisions. God wants you to make these kind of decisions. Let me say this. The world needs you to make these kind of decisions. But I'm going to tell you, you start making these choices, here's the difference though. It's going to put pressure on your flesh. It's going to ask you to give up stuff you don't want to give up. You know, your pet thing. It's going to ask you to give it up. But see, you should have already decided, is Jesus my Lord or am I just saying that? Or I'm just trying to get my ticket punched to heaven. Or am I really making him the king of my life? If that decision is really made, then when you get to that place and Jesus says, hey, stop doing that. Start doing this. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to say, okay. Okay. 
And then the glory from heaven has the ability and the right to invade your life. It has the right to invade your life. And it has the right for you to shine like you've never shown before. The goodness of God, it goes so far beyond what we can ask or think. It goes beyond your imagination. But it only gets to do that. See, when you became a Christian, God didn't take away your ability to make a choice. We've got to make a choice. Am I giving this to Him or not? Am I going to allow Him to shine through me for real or not? That's where we're at. God wants to bless you and He wants to bless others through you. But it all comes back to what are your choices that you're making every day? Not just while you're sitting in here when it sounds good and everybody's going, Amen, yes sir, preach it, preacher. That sounds good and it's easy to say sometimes when you're in here, but it's what are you going to face this afternoon? What about when you don't have everybody amen and, and he asks you to go read your Bible instead of playing the video game? You know, or to, he asks you to spend some time with him instead of watching the movie. He asks you to give somebody something and you don't want to give it to them. Or he asks you to speak at that person at the gas pump and tell them Jesus loves them. But I'm, I'm just not an evangelist. No, but you're a child of God and a minister and your king just asked you to do something. When he asks you to take your comfort and put it down. See, it's easy to say it here, but here's the difference. When we make that decision, I'm going to do what God asked me to do. I don't care what anybody else thinks about it, including myself. When we make that decision, what we do is we open up the door of our life and we become that vessel that the glory of God can fill and overflow. And not only are we blessed because of it, but people around us are too. See, part of the problem is this, because we don't really know who God is, when He asks us to give up something that's our pet thing, we think He can't replace it with anything better. Well, I don't know of anything else that would give me this feeling, that would, that would help me. I don't know, you know, sometimes it's, it's uh, relationships, you know, sometimes it's all kinds of things. I don't know how He would get anything better. They're the perfect one for me. Says who? If God's asking you for it, He's always leading you to triumph. He's always leading you to the better place. You've got to trust Him no matter what it looks like. And here's the thing. You've got to trust that He loves you with an everlasting love that will never quit. And when you start to learn that He is that good, that He loves you that much, when He asks you for something, it starts to become easy to hand off something that's even important to you. You're able to say, you know what, if you're asking me for something, I know you're replacing it with something better. I know that this is a blessing. So I tell you what, here you go. Please, take it, take it quickly. I give it, I give it with all my heart. And now I've opened up the door, and God can pour out what he wants to pour out. Let's just stand. And let's just pray this together. You can repeat after me. Just make it yours. Take some time. I'm not going to rush through this prayer. Just say, Father, I want to live the life that you want me to live. 
I want to shine like you want me to shine. I want to be a blessing to those around me like you want me to be a blessing. I want your will, but not my will to be done. I know, Father, that that changes based on my choices. Lord, help me to see what your will is and help me to be strengthened to step into your will. Starting right now, you are the Lord of my life. And you empowered me to do this and make these choices because you gave your son for me. And he died in my place. And he killed the power of sin. The power of bad choices. Over my life. And you brought them back to life. In the fullness of the spirit. And raised him up. And raised me up with him. And you see to Jesus. And me according to your word. In heavenly places. I receive that. And I walk out. The life. The light. The glory. That you have called me to. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Father I just thank you for hearts today. That are given over to you. I thank you father for lives that are changing. I thank you, Lord, for... Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for lanterns in this world because of new choices that will shine brighter than they ever have before in a dark world. Because their choices have changed from their fleshly life to your life in them. Lord, I thank you for your promises and your power poured out. I thank you, Lord, for your glory. Lord, you want to pour out your glory on these people. People here, people here in the message, people all around the world, you want to pour out your glory. You want to manifest yourself in their lives. You want your touch to be real. Lord, I just ask that you do it. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go be who God's called you to be. Make the choices He's called you to make. Be humble. Walk in grace. Walk in His love. Allow His light to shine and His glory to overflow you. Allow the life of God to overflow you according to the will of Christ, who said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and have it in abundance. When you amplify that out, it says in the Amplified, to the full, till it overflows. He doesn't just want life in you. He doesn't want you just talking about it. He wants it overflowing out of you, making a mess in the devil's world. Lord, I thank you for your life in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Have a great day. Happy New Year.